0: Does Tom Selleck do Movember? Hustle me this, hustle
1: me this
2: Our Club Tropicana drinks free If I'm not a member
0: Hustle me this, hustle me this Helen and Ollie, hustle me this Alright,
2: three, two, one Don't <claps> clean my face oh. Hey, Streamers! Festive, smell of gunpowder. Oh, I love that
1: smell of gunpowder. It's, it's party it? poppers.
2: It
0: just doesn't work in audio, oh. really. Keep away from eyes, do not dismantle.
2: Okay, hold on, let me do one more. Oh no. Okay.
0: Well, Ollie, you have spoiled what this question from Alex in New Zealand is about, and also you've covered our living room with streamers, you twat. Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were just sitting in a drawer in my house since New Year's right, Eve.
0: I see. Well, Alex says, When I was a child, I got given a party popper inside a treat bag at a birthday party... The safety warning on the back stated, do not aim at face or throat. So naturally, I hid it under my pillow until I'd been tucked into bed and the lights were out. I then aimed it directly at my throat. What? At a distance of about 15 centimetres and pulled the little string. Why would you do that?
2: That's bizarre.
0: He says, the crushing pain I felt in my neck was excruciating. But as it was the product of my own naughtiness, I didn't tell my mum. Ollie answer me this Yes What happens inside a party popper when you pull the string And why did it cause me such agony Well that seems like quite an obvious thing Having something propelled at high velocity at your throat from a short distance Yes That's a- gonna hurt Something
2: fired by gunpowder
0: Because it needs a lot of force just to get it all out the party popper at a short distance
2: Well a little amount There's only a little amount of gunpowder So it, it is classified as an indoor firework and not, not an outdoor one what are you looking for? Do you have oh, your own party I, want, I want to dismantle
1: this now. I know it, it says so, specifically it do it not says dismantle it. Dismantle me. it, but it's it's fired, so I think it's probably okay.
0: Martin, with all that fur, you're highly flammable. Okay, be careful. Well,
1: whilst you're
2: dismantling it, Martin, let me tell you exactly what you're looking at. <laughs> you are looking at inside a party popper what is known as Armstrong's mixture. Uh, it is a paste of red phosphorus and potassium chlorate. Shit. Uh, yeah, that's right. Otherwise known as shit. <laughs> Be careful with that. They put it in toy caps as well. That's
1: the other place right, that children right. get their hands on oh, it. Yes, I, love cap- I oh. had loads of cap guns when I was a
0: kid. And, and we used to have those things, that we called them devil bangers. They looked like a little sperm or white tadpole made of paper that were full of gunpowder. Yeah. And you threw them on the ground. Or you could tape them along a door frame for extra japery.
2: Well, there's a story, and I don't know if it's an old wives' tale, but there's an urban myth anyway that apparently a crate was being lifted off a boat that was full of devil bangers mm-hmm. uh and it got dislodged or the crate dropped it or something mm. and it blew up the boat um because as mm. soon as you dismantle it then actually you, you're dealing with quite a powerful set of substances there
0: well you're dealing little gunpowder blobs
2: yeah and some people who are mad pyromaniacs have said oh why don't i dismantle it much like martin is doing despite the advice of the packet still alive um, right now uh, and make an ied out of it
0: oh, no um, don't make an ied
2: and they've ended up blowing off their fingers Because actually, as soon as you take it out of the protective environment of the party popper, it can be quite lethal, even in small... Not one, but probably like a packet of party poppers. That much Armstrong's mixture is enough to blow your fingers off if you've misappropriated it.
0: But because I'm evidently too rule-abiding to have ever dissected or bisected a party popper, I don't quite understand what's happening. So you've got the gunpowder shoved in there somewhere.
2: Yes. Behind the the string.
0: Behind the string. So is it like friction that is causing... Yes. I see.
2: So when you pull the string, that's the equivalent of striking the match, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like pull my finger.
2: <laughs> but
0: lethal. Yeah, as is pull my finger often. I'm up from Cork. Hi, Helen and Ollie. And tell me this. I um, auditioned for our school musical, right? And I got I got the supporting lead. I didn't get the lead. And the guy who got the lead is a bit of a dick. And honestly, I put in a lot of effort. And I really, really thought I would go and get the lead. And everyone said that I was better than him. So how do I deal with my disappointment without being a prick to work too?
2: I know what my mum would say, Cormac. There are no small parts, only small actors.
0: She's wrong. In the same way that people who say there are no boring questions, only boring people are wrong. Mm. We of all people know that that you is can untrue. <laughs>
2: yeah. And there are definitely Nothing. small parts. And yes. I've played most of them in school plays.
0: Non-speaking parts, they're pretty small. Parts where, you know, you're waiting backstage for two hours to go on for two minutes to carry, like, a prop or something.
2: But the reason she said it to me repeatedly when I was an unattractive 14-year-old routinely not getting cast as Romeo was <laughs> because... And this is right.
0: You got to play the friar, right?
2: You can, Exactly. It's a
0: critical role.
2: You can shamelessly... Scene steal in those roles. You, usually, you
0: are amazing at scene stealing. So I remember well, seeing you in a production of Amadeus, where yeah. you played what the emperor. I was
2: the emperor, and you I were decided that magical. he was basically RuPaul in my portrayal. I think I was really bad at that. Actually, you see, it's interesting. You remember it as being good. You, you might be putting a positive spin on it. Like I look back on all of the roles that I did in in school and throughout our university drama, and I think i couldn't bear the fact that i was playing a small well no i could bear it i enjoyed playing the small part and then stealing the steam that was my thing mm. but actually that's like it's not a very charitable thing to do to your other performers on stage because the person who's classic playing the lead, only child <laughs> the person who's playing the lead has put in more work mm-hmm. like you know it is their show and of course if, if it's actually genuinely like an a, a supporting comic role yeah then it's your role to be comic if the role isn't written in a comic way mm. and you don't have the support of the director to really reinterpret it but instead just because it's a school play you've just bulldozed your way through and decided that you're going to turn it into a comic turn yes it's not really very fair on everyone else in the play because you do get laughs but they're
1: cheap laughs aren't they? it's a team sport acting it exactly is.
0: it is except for one man plays what is the most major role you've played was it um michael douglas in a chorus line <laughs>
2: Uh, i think it probably was yeah i'm trying to think so i did my first ever role that i recall was uh the judge in super toad which was a a musical sort of musical for schools version of the wind in the willows
0: (laughs) not a shit version of super ted they're like we can't have the ted because it's copyrighted so super toad
2: (laughs) (laughs) not too far off um and then i was mr brownlow in oliver
0: he's a goody goody that adopts him at the end he adopts
2: oliver yes um but you see now okay that's a classic example. So, age ten, I was Mister Brownlow. Yeah. I had a funny uh, sort of ginger moustache. Awesome. And a top hat and tails and everything. Lovely. And I only had two scenes. One was the wet scene where I was just like a dad to Oliver and nice to him and everything. Yeah. Uh, the other scene was I say something like, "Now be careful out there on the streets." Oliver walks off Gets kidnapped by Bill Sykes Which in our production Happened on stage In a corner of the stage So you see Oliver get abducted And dragged off into an alleyway Mm. And then I turn And say something to the maid Like I do hope he'll be alright Or something Which the whole way through rehearsal The director had never indicated to me Was a comic moment It isn't that's Oliver's sad. just been abducted.
0: Child abduction is not comic.
2: Went down an absolute storm on stage. <gasps> no. Laughter, <laughs> applause. So once I realised that it was funny to turn to the audience with a raised eyebrow and say, I do hope he's alright. I was that was like the big comic moment of the of the show. Oh jeez. Not supposed to be. You're supposed to be on Oliver's side at that point.
0: So we're just gonna advise Cormac to make the best of what he's got and we're not gonna advise him to try and overthrow the lead. <laughs>
2: Uh well, actually now you mention it, I'd completely forgotten this. Oh no. A friend of mine called Richard Unwin, he's an actor now. Oh. So and he was a good actor then, and he was cast as the lead, as you would expect, in my school production of a show called The Clink. I was cast in a stupid role that I then camped up and like totally made the most of in every single scene. And then he got suspended for smoking cannabis. And it was oh. two weeks before the show. And I don't know, I still don't know to this day. Whether my theatre teacher, who was the director of the piece, asked me to do it only as a bargaining chip to say to the headmaster, look what a fucking fast this is going to be. We're going to have Olly Mann playing the romantic lead <laughs> 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 to try and get Richard back.
0: Olly Mann deserves love too.
2: <laughs> or whether he seriously thought I was the most capable, because, you know, I'd, I'd flattered myself by thinking I was nearly as good as Richard, but not quite. And that's why I had yeah. this small comic role, but it was a much smaller part. Right. I was kind of staggered to be offered the opportunity And it was two weeks before the show Which in school theatre production terms Is like saying five minutes before you're on Right? Uh, And they were like Yeah, you're going to have to learn the whole thing Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we've we've been doing six weeks rehearsals But you're going to be playing the main part But anyway, looking back on it now I I do wonder whether actually the whole thing was just that The headmaster was like, whatever happens I am not allowing people to come and watch a production Where Ollie Man's playing the romantic lead We will unsuspend Richard Unwin And he will get to play it, which is what happened
0: and uh, oh. and they didn't resuspend him afterwards. It wasn't um, like a suspended suspension.
2: I, I don't think so. I think he'd learnt his lesson. I think that I think that was the point. I think that the the real sense of threat that the part could be taken away from him because they knew he was going to be an actor and he was yeah. a, really into it. That was the biggest punishment they could give him.
0: And this is the worst possible punishment. Just the idea of you.
2: The idea active. of Holly Man replacing you. Yeah.
0: Gosh. Well, imagine now. What imagine a deterrent. If, you,
2: if you're listening to this and you're an actor in the West End now, right? Yeah. Imagine. I'm
0: imagining. You're mm-hmm.
2: caught backstage with drugs. Yep. And the person's like we don't do that in this theatre company.
0: <laughs> like that would happen. We're,
2: <laughs> we're going to replace you with Ollie Mann I mean, that would be a massive slap in the face, wouldn't it? You imagine. You'd
0: be like, "But well, you can't." It's <laughs>
1: yeah. a podcast. He's never done any physical like, theatre yeah, outside of the school.
2: You know, he's a he's a G-list minor celebrity. We just we just need a name. I d- I
0: d- <laughs> imagine the dancers at Sadler's Wells would find it particularly troubling. <laughs> no offense.
2: Here's a question from Aaron in Pennsylvania who says, "Helen answer me this. What does the band The Weeknd mean?
0: Not really a band, just a man.
2: True. That's not the end of the question. No, okay. Because <laughs> it would be easy to mean? answer, wouldn't
0: it? Abel Tesfaye, that's his name.
2: What does the band The Weekend mean when they sing... I-, <laughs> I can't feel my face when I'm with you. I'll sing this so that people... Please p- p- do. I can feel my face when I'm with you.
0: Yeah, slightly slower. Okay. Try again.
1: I can't feel my
0: face. Not that not, not like yearning.
2: I think my impression was good enough that people now know the song we're talking about. Okay. That's enough. That's all I wanted to achieve. What does, says Aaron losing the ability to feel your face have to do with being attracted to anybody?
0: Well, you know, you could say you smiled so widely that your muscles have become weak and numb. Yeah. Or someone has been sitting on your face for so long that the circulation has been cut off. <laughs> you know, you ask. I'm just giving you some hypotheses. But also,
2: I mean, if Metaphors for Love often a oh, nonsense well they're not literal you know well, she bonged me over i mean if she actually did you wouldn't still be interested would you well you, you'd you... be filing a, a lawsuit <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway uh, is this Aaron says some new expression of youth that an old person like myself is unaware of
0: it's all the raid amongst the youngsters
2: is it a drug reference? Yeah. Yes. Uh, is it a euphemism? Yes. You, sort of. Yeah. Uh, is it an oblique reference to cunnilingus? I hadn't even thought of that. I'm not so going to even linger.
0: But no, because it's a drug reference, right. probably. That uh, works as a cunnilingus what's reference. The, what's the
1: drug reference?
0: It's just so smashed on coke, really. Yeah. That's apparently what the song's God, that's, about.
1: That's boring, is Apparently it? a lot
0: of his, his well, songs are about drugs.
2: It's a bit more interesting because it's... When you actually analyse the lyrics It's a love song to cocaine yeah. So he's not comparing the girl to cocaine It sounds like a song to a girl Actually yeah, yeah. it's a love song to cocaine oh, Well that's never been done before In the history of pop music Well it's yeah. never been done in 2015 With the Vocoder Martin And that's good enough
0: I think it's cunning to write a song That people could still think is about romantic or sexual yearnings, mm. even if it's about drugs. No, it's boring. No, but it means it can be. Like, yeah, this is our song. We just don't think about it too much, and it's fine. That was interesting
1: in 1965. It was difficult to write a song about drugs, but it's not exciting to do that anymore. It's been done a million times.
0: Personally, I loved it when Sixpence None the Richer covered uh, "There <laughs> She Goes" by the Lars, and didn't find out till afterwards what it means because they were quite a clean band. They were Christian band. they Sixpence None the Richer. But then you can reinterpret it to be yeah, exactly. about exactly yeah a, that's a woman going. Can you
2: reinterpret? Interpret it if you're lip syncing it though, uh, because Tom Cruise did the lip sync battle oh, yeah. on Jimmy Fallon to this song, and I do wonder whether his people knew that it was about cocaine when he lip synced it, because that's not a cover, that's not interpretation.
0: Well, I think firstly, lip sync battle, it's basically charades, yes. so you don't necessarily have to re- approve what charades is about. That's true. Secondly, I think Tom Cruise kind of has the ability to sanitize <laughs> everything anyway,
2: and and also make it sinister. Yeah. At once. So what I, a skill.
0: Exactly. So actually, it's a pretty good choice for him, I think. I'll
2: tell you what about Tom Cruise, right? I don't like Tom Cruise, as in, like, he's definitely... If I was naming film stars that I like, he wouldn't even be in my top 50.
0: And Who's number 47?
2: <laughs> Glenn Close. Good choice. Uh, but if Tom Cruise walked into a bar, I'd shit myself. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my God, it's Tom Cruise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a proper movie star. And then
0: you'd be like, I've soiled myself. And you know, how embarrassing. Yeah, how
2: embarrassing. I've got a question.
0: Email your question.
2: To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com.
0: To answer me this podcast googlemail.com.
2: To answer me this podcast at googlemail.com. To answer me this podcast at Here's a question from Coralie in Durham. Pretty name. Pretty place. Yes Pretty 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 Oh how everything is so beautiful there What could possibly be going wrong in her life That she'd need to write to us
0: Hopefully nothing
2: um, She says
0: <laughs> Ollie answer me this How is our cathedral so magnificent <laughs> Ollie answer me this Isn't the approach on the train One of the best views in Britain uh,
2: She says I write to you with an admittedly low level dilemma
0: That's good Sometimes it's nice to take time off From people having things That will psychologically impact them forever
2: to celebrate getting my first actual job as an archaeologist Wow uh, I intended to go to a reputable shop and get a discreet cartilage ear piercing
0: So that presumably is one of those ones up on the top, not on the lobe
2: it goes in the bit that you don't want to see a piercing, it's one of those I yeah. don't
0: know, I don't mind them I like those
2: Do you understand, Helen, this uh, idea of wanting to get your ears pierced to celebrate a job? To make a permanent scar to your body to say, hey, I've, I'm getting some money.
0: For me, so much of my career progress has involved emotional scarring
2: <laughs> rather than physical. <laughs> I think if I would just got a job as an archaeologist for which I was being paid, I'd probably go and get the Indiana Jones hat and whip.
0: I'd probably get myself a shiny new trowel. But I do understand actually people marking certain points in their life with physical modifications. I don't have that urge myself. But when people say, well, my body is kind of like a map of my experiences, I get it.
2: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I know someone who had cancer and they had a tattoo on their arm when they recovered from the chemotherapy mm. to remind them that they'd survived. So that every time they looked down, they reminded themselves. And the idea, obviously, yeah. was for them to live every moment as if it was their last and really make use of their life. Right. But if that was me, I'd look down and think, oh, God, I had cancer. Do you know what I mean? I would, yeah. I would constantly be reminded mm. of the bad stuff, I think.
0: Well, I don't know. It's trying to transform the bad stuff into something more positive.
2: Yeah. Maybe. uh, Look, everyone's different. Coralie wants to get her ear cartilage pierced. She says, I have not had a piercing since I was 10 when I got my ears pierced the first time. However, on a recent visit home, I drunkenly mentioned this to my mum. My mum is a very lovely, if rather traditional lady. She was extremely upset by the notion of my cartilage ear piercing.
0: Maybe she's upset by you being pissed. Maybe she thought she's not thought about this properly because she's pissed. She maybe hadn't thought this is a plan she had before she got pissed, but she's just relating it while she's pissed.
2: She argued that the cartilage piercing would probably get infected because I'm allergic to non-precious metals.
0: Um, I mean, often the ear reacts badly to non-precious metals, but that's why they make so many earrings that are out of silver and gold.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, she also said I oughtn't be drawing attention To my slightly sticky out ears Oh
0: that's such a mum oh, thing that's to such say Such a mum thing yeah. I see all your imperfections And I'm not going to let you forget them <laughs> Or even see them as not imperfections Because <laughs> humans are so varied and different What's wrong with having sticky out ears Is what she's not saying
2: Yes And she said she'd accepted my bottle green DMs Don't And wasn't outright. that alternative enough
0: mm, Maybe in the 80s my ancient Greek teacher used to wear Burgundy DMs at a private school in Kent in the 90s, so I think DMs stopped being alternative sometime before that.
2: Frankly, says Coralie, mum reacted worse to the idea of my cartilage piercing than when she found out I'm not straight, which is arguably a good thing, but also rather alarming.
0: I, th- I assume she means her mum's reaction rather than... Her sexuality
2: Yeah I think she, she meant You know If you're going to come out To your mum You think there's going to be A big reaction There wasn't mm. And yet when she said She was going to piss her ears There was She says I've decided to pick my battles And put the idea Out of my mind Aww But mm. I've been mulling it over again I don't live at home currently. Oh, the plot thickens. Mm-hmm. An idea comes to shape. Uh, I would obviously be paying for the piercing. Oh, £10. mummy's pocket money for <laughs> this. <laughs> and it wouldn't scupper me professionally. Fair enough. Uh, unless at work you set off someone's metal detector. So, Helen, answer me this. Should I disregard my mother's feelings and have the cartilage piercing anyway, risking familial upset... The worst of all punishments (laughs) Pretty much (laughs) Or Should I console myself That the Doc Martins Are enough
0: (laughs) I mean The Doc Martins Are pretty racy But at least They do not draw attention To your ears (laughs) They draw attention To your sticking out toes
2: I think If this means This much to you It's your body And you should do it
0: Absolutely You're an adult Yes You don't need her consent And also It's so minor really You could get it done And just even see If she noticed
2: Yeah But I wouldn't so no. I'm saying that I think the right advice is is go ahead and do it because what you really yeah. want. But in truth, if I was in your position,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I wouldn't, because when my parents make it really, really clear, they're upset to me about something. Oh, it's
0: so tiresome, isn't it? If they
2: don't play that card enough, then you know you're just like, well, this is the one thing this year they've really put their foot down about. You yeah. know, they did bring me into the world. You know, it's not that big a deal. I'll go with it to be pragmatic.
0: It in itself is not as big a deal as some things could be, but the point is more just her mother is not allowing her to do what she wants and what she wants is not harmful to anyone else or harmful to her well her mother is
2: upset about it because she has a different view on it gave
0: you your beautiful baby body
2: and your terrible sticky out ears
0: (laughs) oh maybe that's the thing maybe it's drawing attention to what she feels is her own failure to give you flat ears yes maybe yeah in my family, I might not do it because they would take the piss out of me for the rest of my natural life. Well, just if for having
2: a real cartilage piercing? Just
0: for anything, like even if it's something completely inconsequential. My dad, when I was 12, invented a boyfriend for me and then still teases me about him. <laughs> he invented a boyfriend called Duncan that got the same school bus as me. Right. I don't know if I've ever known anyone called Duncan. That's weird. It's so weird.
2: What was the nature of the joke when you were 12? Because most dads don't like the idea of their 12-year-old daughter having a boyfriend at all.
0: But you know how you tease children when you're like, oh, you fancy someone, don't you? How's Duncan? And you're like, oh, stop it! That's so embarrassing. If that person doesn't exist. Yeah.
2: It's just a weird joke, isn't it? So
0: weird. But uh,
2: it's a surrealist joke of the type I imagine your father would enjoy. (laughs) So I can see why that tickled his funny
0: bone. I think the thing is, throughout my life, but particularly before I was, say, 30, I didn't really express myself physically very much. So I didn't do anything particularly outrageous well, I with think you'll find we met
2: through interpretive dance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Martin had all the different uh, hair dyes and you had your hair like, shaved off and you had very long braids.
2: How did they feel about that, about you expressing yourself in that very typically teenage way, but in a way that neither Helen nor I did they through seem- your
0: hair?
1: They were fine about it.
0: Were you ever tempted to get a piercing?
1: Yeah, I I thought about getting an eyebrow piercing at one stage because I really like, I think they look really good. When you were kind of gothy.
2: Yeah. And I use the word kind of advisedly. Gotthish. (laughs) When you had long hair. Yeah. When you were a teenage physics weirdo. I can imagine that in that period of your life, that's when you would have wanted it. Am I right? But I was, when yeah, I it. was a teenage physics weirdo and yeah. a metaler. The thing I'd be worried about, about any kind of jewellery on my body, is that I think I'd play with it constantly.
0: Yeah, Um it's yeah. Fun.
2: But anyway, I wouldn't want to play continuously with a cartilage ear piercing. That sounds like that would be bad for you.
0: But the thing is, cartilage piercing seems to be so mild, because it's easy to cover up with hair if you decide it doesn't suit you. And piercings can just close over. It doesn't really matter. If you're getting the flesh tubes, you know, the big kind of plugs in your ears, they permanently alter your ear and tattoos are very hard to get rid of. So it seems like as a starter body modification, this is a very gentle one. Okay. Ease your mum in to when you get your tongue forked surgically. <laughs> Probably the idea of you doing
2: it is worse than you actually doing it
0: Well it is now time for us to pierce this episode With a (laughs) clip of old Answer Me This Ah, for the intermission
2: Something that we did when we were young and we've never regretted
0: Today's intermission is from Answer Me This episode 89
2: And it like all of our first 200 episodes is available from AnswerMeThisstore.com.
0: Jack from Gloucester has written in Ollie. I've worked in the same office for about two years now and I've come to realise that I really fancy my boss
2: No, you're just bored <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just stuck, that's just goldfish bowl syndrome
0: I get strong indications that she feels the same
2: Ooh.
0: I know in the cold light of day work relationships are meant to be wrong but are they always a complete no-go?
1: Do, does it say if they're both single?
0: He does not mention. That's I assume, a that, thing, assume isn't it? that they are. I assume that they are because if if they hadn't been, I'm sure he would have mentioned that.
2: Would you not act on it if you fancy someone at work then?
0: I work on my own. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm a really bad person to yeah, ask. You don't want to be
2: so acting on that when you're freelance. Honestly, you get nothing done.
1: I was talking to this uh, colleague of mine who's a urologist, and his girlfriend is a colorectal surgeon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how was your work today, darling? Uh, Shit. How was yours? Piece <laughs> of
1: piss. Yay!
2: Let's take a question from our phone line, please, Helen.
0: Oh, all right, Ollie. Anything to please.
2: <laughs> I didn't realise I could just summon questions like that whenever I wanted.
0: Yeah, really, after all this time. Taking
2: all this time to realise I had that secret skill. <laughs> got
0: a very big supply. Uh, if you want to send us a question via the phone line, then this is the number you need to call
2: oh, 02081635877. Or you can Skype answer me this.
0: Do it. Patrick, we got the number right why is there no such thing as greek wine it's the same climate
2: as italy and it's close and they should have wine they have other, yeah
0: they make raki which is made of the leftovers of greek wine why do we not know of greek wine how can you make something out of the leftovers of greek wine if there is no greek wine patrick think about your good own question.
1: question very good question is this guy it's taking me. the piss or what most of the greek wine i've drunk has been dessert wine it doesn't matter what category it's in
0: Martin it's white no no it doesn't because
2: this does, guy basically like just that. called the phone line and said why don't the Greeks do drama
1: <laughs> yeah. no, Greek, Greek, the Greeks, say, they like
2: God, don't they? Why say, have they never invented any God? Greece
0: why? is
1: famous for wine.
2: Yes.
0: Why is really? why? The Greeks
2: had a God of wine, right? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. They were yeah, really yeah. fucking yeah. into their wine. They used to sacrifice people for the God of wine.
0: Yeah, but he was the God of Riesling, not local wines. Dionysus <laughs> loves a nice glass of shardy. Oh, it's right, far So
1: what is the most famous Greek wine? You, you Retzina. Retzina now. And, and Retsina does taste like
2: cat piss and it's not very nice. So actually, oh, th- that's I've why. I've never drunk Retsina. Yeah, because it's not very so only, Okay. It, so basically, it, you can can only really drink it in Greek restaurants or, of course, in Greece. Right, so, okay. so the question
0: should really be, why does Greece not have nice wine compared to other countries at the same latitude?
2: Not even the right question.
0: Oh, the sorry. The right question
2: is, why is it that the British don't have a taste for Greek wine?
0: Okay Or even Specifically
2: Why is it the British Don't have a taste For the Greek wine That gets exported here Yes And the answer to that Is twofold The easy answer is mm-hmm. uh, Obviously the Greeks Drink most of their own wine In their own local tavernas And whatever yeah. And they slightly export The stuff that isn't very nice Yeah that, That's the simple answer The other bit of it though Is really interesting uh, And it's because And this is just a theory I'm not a wine expert I don't know but is I've it. Is it an man a-
0: conspiracy theory no, no no it's not conspiracy oh, okay.
2: It's just a theory okay. But I've seen it written About a few places And I can't discount it And it kind of makes sense Mm-hmm We drink French wine, Italian wine, Spanish wine. I mean, obviously now we drink Californian and Australian wine, but that's because of improvements in transport. But until very recently, French, Italian, Spanish, right? The reason we drink French, Italian, Spanish wine is because the French and the Italian and the Spanish vineyards started developing the techniques of modern wine growing whilst Greece was part of the Ottoman Empire, a.k.a. Muslim. Oh. So not, not, not into their wine,
1: not growing great,
2: not great really for
1: wine at all.
2: Kind of encouraging the whole "let's get drunk on wine" thing. Yeah. yeah, and so the modern taste in Britain and therefore America and a lot of the other places that have wine cultures uh, have been not to the taste of the wine that the Greeks export.
0: But then, when did Greece stop being part of the Ottoman Empire? Centuries ago. Yeah, so you think? But the trend
2: had been established. Then we go to France for our fine wine. We (laughs) go to Greece for our slightly ropey cat piss wine that we have with the musaka.
0: No, because tastes change a lot quicker than that. You know, alco pops. Was suddenly a thing It took like people months To get into the taste of Alcopox From being like "Oh, it tastes like children's drinks To suddenly being like Yeah Alcopox cool
2: Yeah fact, we're going off tangent now But now you yeah. mention Alcopox
0: Alcopox <laughs> <laughs> Do you speak more Alco- truth than you realise a great name
2: <laughs> Now you mention Alcopox uh, I was in California recently uh, The <laughs> one range
0: of the, One of the uh, tours of the Sonoma Valley Alcopox <laughs> <parts.
2: laughs> The range of Um Alka-Pops that they have mm. in America compared to... And it must be a legal thing compared to what mm. they're allowed to do here. You can walk into a petrol station uh, in the States... And you can buy something that has something like 20% booze in it. Wow. And it's basically, it's, it looks like iced tea and it's got a cartoon character on the front, but oh. it gets you absolutely shit-faced.
0: I assume those the most glorious like, things, full of sugar rather than yeah,
2: booze. Yeah, absolutely full of sugar. So you're absolutely off your tits. Like it's like being a child that's drunk too much Ribena mm-hmm. and you've got the full-on slam of drinking like three cocktails. It was glorious. And I it- drank one and I was like, this is the most happy drunk I've ever been. And I can't buy them here.
0: But all of these are quite modern innovations. They are all newer than wine and (laughs) have really taken the market more than
2: Greek wine. Anyway, newer than the classical civilization of Greece, which definitely had wine. So this is a stupid question.
0: A lot of Greek literature makes reference to wine. I refer you to book six of the Odyssey, where there's a word that means wine dark sea. Good knowledge. Do your homework before you call next time, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I got in the sack with my boss, now my boss wants to sack me So I need a place online to put up my CV I don't want to use LinkedIn, that's so unattractively needy No, I don't want your invitation
0: Use squarespace.com to build your personal brand Show off your achievements to every firm in the land And while you're at it, inflate your salary by a few grand You bought your boss's silence, who's gonna check? Huge thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of Answer Me This and making it very easy for me to design a website for my dad despite that realistically it should have been the most frustrating experience that I had ever faced with my dad which is quite a big list.
2: What is the website that your dad asked you to design?
0: Well for his sculptures because there's not a lot of Zach Saltzman on the web and uh,
2: no. a lot of demand
0: and now what did I get in zacksaltzman.com or .org I can't remember but now there are some sculptures of Zach Saltzman's online oh. there will be more when I get around to it it took like a couple of hours yeah. to put the whole thing together which included mainly photo editing which is not Squarespace's fault
2: no Squarespace are really good at doing galleries actually aren't it, they it's exactly. one of the things they're great for doing a portfolio so if you've yeah. got a, a lot of pictures you want to share simply
0: if you've got a dad who is a sculptor <laughs> and you kind of, you kind of want <laughs> to make ad ever. you kind of want the website to look a bit like if the sculpture was in a gallery so in like a very bright white plain environment Mm. very easy to do that and also the URL was included through Squarespace so that that was less trouble too and I did also get 10% off for a year by using our code answer. ANSWER.
2: Good work.
0: It was a good birthday present for him. So now I reckon I should set up a Twitter account as him and not tell him about it and just tweet as him and see how long it takes for someone to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he could be the king of Twitter, if he chose.
2: As we've uh, demonstrated, of course, in episode 200 of Answer Me This.
0: Very amusing man.
2: Available to buy at com <laughs> On Squarespace. <laughs> Which is hosted by Squarespace, Yeah. yeah.
0: Here's a question from Elliot from Manchester who says, My girlfriend and I were just shopping in the Manchester Arndale when we happened to walk past WH Smith's. In the window, they had a sign saying that Andy McNabb would be doing a book signing soon. Ollie, answer me this. How can Andy McNabb do a book signing when he is famous for hiding his face? Mm. Is he going to wear a balaclava the whole time and mask his real voice? That would be ridiculous. Ridiculous. He could send along Banksy as him. That'd be
1: fun. I like the idea of him wearing like, a suit, which is like an oversized cartoon version of Andy McNabb. <laughs> Do
0: you think Andy McNabb goes around in a Frank Sidebottom papier-mâché <laughs> head? <laughs>
1: So, for listeners who aren't
2: familiar, Andy McNabb is an ex-SAS best-selling author. So he used to be in the Special Forces. Uh, initially, uh, you are absolutely, if you're leaking any trade secrets here, not allowed to display your face for national security reasons.
0: Yeah, when you're writing about having killed a lot of people as a sniper, for instance.
2: It's generally not a good idea yeah. to say, oh, it's me, do you remember?
0: Look at me, profiting out of war. <laughs> but,
2: but it's been a long time now. But Andy McNabb's been around Mm. Um, So the short answer to this is No he won't wear a balaclava But the procedure when Andy McNabb does a book signing Is everyone in the room is allowed to see his face But you're not allowed to take any photography at all
0: I know but now that It's so much easier to be a But then he'll shoot you yeah, He's a sniper
2: <laughs> But I suppose mm. if they confiscate smartphones It's still quite hard to take a picture It just seems
0: like such a pain to go to an Andy McNabb reading And have to have all the security frisking and everything but Is if it you're, worth
2: it? Yeah, but if you're an Andy McNabb fan Who would go to an Andy McNabb book signing And we know from our own book signings That you're talking hardcore fans by that point I think you're the kind of person who'd be into the procedure Of shedding your phone to go and meet Andy McNabb The because ritual that's, part of seeing you're hearing Yeah, exactly Of Almost dressing up for the occasion, isn't it? You are allowed to photograph him from behind
0: He's got great buttocks. <laughs> <He's> got <a laughs> Stupendous he doesn't
2: have a very memorable back <laughs> no. of the head. Um, uh, so there are pictures of him online, shot from behind, right. signing books, and you can see it's uh, you know late middle-aged man with grey hair signing books.
0: It could easily just be an actor, couldn't it? It
2: could. Mm. It, it actually could and That's the thing. Uh, ultimately, you don't know because there aren't any pictures of him. But anyway, anyway. So that's the short answer: is you, you can't take a picture, but you mm. will be able to see his face. The long answer, I think, mm-hmm. is actually. Would the SAS give a shit at this stage if you recognise who Andy McNab was and he was leaking secrets from the 90s? Probably
1: not. His big book, uh, Bravo is That's is that from the first Gulf from War? From the first Gulf so War, So 1991, exactly. yeah. nearly 25 years later.
0: He was already out of the game by the second Gulf War, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, ultimately, I think, really, uh, his people propagate this.
0: Mm, mystique.
2: Exactly, because it is part of his brand, isn't it? That's what he's yeah. selling. I used to be in the SAS. I've got trade secrets. I'm dangerous, so they can't take my picture. Yeah. And it's part of the whole game. So actually, I think even if secretly there had been a letter from the SAS saying, look, mate, it's fine. You can show your face now. Mm-hmm. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't show his face.
0: Here's a question from Richard, who says, My wife, Abby, and I were at the beach this weekend in Costa Rica when it started to rain. Mm-hmm. We were in the sea, but it wasn't stormy, so we weren't too worried. However... After seeing the first flash of lightning, we got out of the water and walked along the shore. After a couple of flashes and some rumbling thunder, there was a huge thunderclap and a flash that felt like it was directly above us, and we both bent double with our hands on our heads, screaming out in pain. Oh, Jesus. It felt as if we'd been hit on the back of the head with a rock, but only lasted a second or two, after which point we were fine, if a little dazed and confused. Can't hear it. We haven't experienced any after-effects, but Ollie, answer me this... Were we hit by lightning? Shouldn't we be dead?
2: (laughs) We haven't experienced any after effects, but Ollie, answer me this. The majority of people that are hit by lightning actually don't die. 90% survive.
0: And do we think they were hit by lightning?
2: I do. It sounds very much like they were hit by lightning. The um, fact that they were hit in the back of their heads... They're, they're lucky that that didn't then cause a coma or brain damage. It can like cook your brain cells in Whoa, the worst wow. situation. It can heat the surrounding air to 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Jeepers. 5 times hotter than the surface of the sun. Where you may have been lucky, Richard, is that you had been swimming, so you probably weren't wearing anything metal. Um so it's hmm. much worse if you're wearing jewelry or for example an underwire bra. It'll burn yeah. it'll burn around your tits, yeah.
0: If you're wet though, that can often be worse, can't it? That's true. And and if you're on a beach there's quite a good chance that you're the highest thing on the beach because most beaches are quite flat for a little ways. So what you should have done is flung yourselves into the sand until it was over. Maybe built a large sandcastle if there was time.
2: <laughs> I thought that I would never love again. Oh, no! I went on to the internet and then... I found a place where all true love lasts. Hooray! At www.answermedispodcast.com
0: Here's a question from Siobhan in Paris, who says, I'm getting married soon in deepest, darkest France. I've been a vegetarian for most of my life, and my partner has been a vegetarian for about two years now. Are you
2: worried that they're going to eat you? In deepest, darkest, right? <laughs> Is that why you're writing to us?
0: He thinks we should serve an entirely vegetarian menu to our guests at the wedding, even though only around 10 of the 100 guests will be vegetarians themselves.
2: Or, or 10%. That's a bit of maths for you. <laughs> Fucking hell, Ellie. yeah. I, mean, I did that in seconds. We didn't stop the tape amazing. and then I'm press so record again. Of you. just did that instantly.
0: It's like you're Rachel Riley on Countdown. <laughs> Siobhan says I understand the argument that if we're vegetarian, it's problematic to buy 100 or so servings of meat. Mm but I think there are lots of reasons not to go veggie
2: controversial I wasn't expecting I that wasn't no, either, no. I wasn't either
0: because I would say yes veggie wedding every veggie wedding I've been to the food has been great yeah and,
2: some uh, of the best food really? veggie always yeah. yeah. sounds like the title of a 1970s glam rock song doesn't it dum 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 the veggie wedding doesn't it can you imagine like T-Rex doing that or Slade
0: yes I can and I wish that was real but it isn't bring on the carrots
2: veggie wedding
0: in fact we all are attended a veggie wedding i think even a vegan wedding um yes we did Ernie yes year, tommy and Ishbel, felicitations and the great thing was on on the form that you filled in for the rsvp there was a box you could tick if you couldn't go a whole evening without meat in your diet
2: yeah so pause this for a second mm-hmm. the invitation lands we both asked the question was that a joke yeah but or is
0: it an asshole test
2: or but yeah but we both assumed if two vegans are getting married uh, and they say on the on the rsvp form this is a vegan wedding but tick here if you really need some meat, is basically yeah. what he said. We mm. thought that was almost a joke to, to...
0: To make you feel too embarrassed to tick that box. But it just,
2: like... It's such a ridiculous question. Like, who would be unless you had a heart problem or something, and you desperately needed your medication to be taken with some kind
1: of meat? I can't. Even unless think. you were like so allergic to all of the vegetables that were likely to be served to you. Uh, yeah.
0: and also like bread and cakes and yeah. sweets. If you're
1: but wheat it, allergic and chickpea allergic, then yeah, you, you know, maybe you, you're running out of options. But anyway, we both actually thought that it was a joke, so it,
2: yeah, we would yeah. never. I suppose what we thought was we'd never really actually tick that, even if we no. fancied meat, because we're going to a veggie wedding, and,
0: and also because I was like, which arsehole can't do without meat? Yeah. for that long.
2: But anyway, so the point is, punchline, we get to the wedding and it turns out about a dozen people had ticked that box.
0: Some of them ticked it because they thought that was a joke and what happened was they were all distributed as a badge of humiliation, I think, (laughs) that kind of ultra-processed square ham. Yeah, but, you see, so, like but this the, is what happens
2: when vegans order meat anyway. It's not going to be good meat, is it? No. Whereas the rest of the menu was delicious. Amazing. Wasn't it? Yeah, really really, good. really
0: great food. If they hadn't pointed it out, I probably wouldn't have even noticed that it was vegan. Like I only notice whether the food is good or bad. Exactly. I've had a horrible lamb shank at a wedding once. You yeah. know, I remember that. I don't remember that it was a carnivore's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I would say vegetarian wedding, no problem, but yes. Siobhan points out problem. Okay. She says First of all, the wedding is in France Yes. and a large number of the guests will be French mm-hmm. and therefore very surprised and confused at the lack of meat. This may sound like an exaggeration, but after living here as a vegetarian for 10 years, I can confirm that sadly it is not.
2: Meat is the default.
0: Le default.
2: In many, in many, many countries like France, which are very foodie. Is yeah. there a foodie country that really values vegetables?
0: A lot of areas of India.
2: That's perhaps, true. That's a great uh, answer. Gujarat. No, that's a, yeah, Gujarat's a good answer. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Siobhan continues, any non-veggie British guests who have travelled over will be expecting some authentic, i.e. meaty, French fare for the full Gallic experience. Well, not if they're
1: going to the wedding of two vegetarians. But I think that's a better argument. If someone travels to France, they want authentic French food.
0: Well, they can go and get it the day before. Mm, yeah. I have also previously attended a lot of my guests' own weddings and feel that they could argue that while they made a special effort for me and provided a vegetarian meal... I wasn't making a special effort for them and simply imposing my culinary choices on them. Yeah, but
2: they don't not eat vegetables. Good if point. A, if good any point. of them yeah. don't yes. eat vegetables, then you should make a special effort for them, you but uh, that them might be one pills. person. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if any of them are condemned to only yeah. drink liquids.
1: Like if any of them have never eaten a meal without meat in It's time to open their eyes, even in that scenario.
0: I felt like it was no trouble at all to provide for vegetarians and vegans and lactose intolerant and wheat intolerant people at our wedding. That was not a problem. Hiring chairs and toilets, that was a problem, because that is <laughs> Dull. Thinking about how to make a vegan cake. Easy. Anyway, Siobhan says, we want all our guests to feel welcomed and comfortable and to have a great time. Well,
2: they can't without steak. Forget it.
0: Doesn't that involve catering to their tastes? Yeah,
2: I see the argument, but no, it doesn't. I think okay. we're all agreed, actually, all right. on this, aren't we, before we even well, get to the question. Before
0: we even get to the question, Ollie, answer me this. Should we risk causing a diplomatic incident and try to bring vegetarianism to rural France? <laughs> Be the change you want to see in the world. Or should we forget our ethics for a day and buy a tonne of meat for our nearest and dearest?
2: Processed ham again.
0: I do have a suggestion for a third way, at least for the aforementioned guests whose nuptials I've already celebrated, serve them the exact meal I had at their wedding.
1: That's mental. That is amazingly mental. I love it.
0: This will work out well for most of my British guests. They can feast on delicious Moroccan meze or a roasted camembert, But they've come over for the French food. You just said that in the previous paragraph of your email. They're expecting French fare, not like
2: Moroccan... Roasted camembert, I think you can file under French. I
0: just feel like the French wouldn't roast the camembert so much as, like, a Brit would. This wouldn't work so well for my dear French friends and family. Three asparagus spears and some rice with the meat sauce scraped off anyone. Your advice would be most welcome and may save our wedding from ruin. It's not going to be ruined.
2: It's not going to be ruined, although I I think your third-way solution, though amusing, is clearly not the third it's
1: way very <laughs> v- it's,
2: it's very
0: admin heavy i think go vegetarian but have a magnificent cheese board
2: the issue in my, my mind is you are ethical vegetarians right sounds like you're not doing it for uh, religious reasons or health reasons i mean they might be part of it as well but it sounds like what you're saying is you don't like the idea of dead things being on the buffet
0: it seems like there's a principle here yeah. certainly the way that you phrase the email although not so much that you are dismissing this idea no. entirely so that is confusing so
2: so my answer actually is Make it a vegetarian uh, wedding, but make it a buffet. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't hurt your ethical principles, if it genuinely doesn't bother you, then just have a meat on the buffet. Have some chicken wings You don't have to eat them and other people can eat them and that's fine.
0: But then that's kind of worst of both worlds isn't it? No it's not. If you're going that far you might as well go 100% vegetarian. Yeah I
1: completely disagree like a wedding is meant to be a celebration of the couple and a reflection of what you want. I agree but I'm just saying again it comes back to just being pragmatic.
0: I think I've got a better compromise. If you're saying the Brits want to come over for fantastic French food Go to a really good restaurant with them the day before, or something, or send them to one the day after, and they can eat whatever they want. Which is
2: exactly actually what Tommy and Nishpel did with us, isn't it? Yeah, well, we all I'm went great, up to Scotland and we went to a very meaty restaurant the night before, and they ate vegetarian, and then the wedding was vegetarian. Well, yeah, yeah and exactly. we were in a B&B where there was a fuckload of sausage in the morning. Flake off for blood.
0: Also, if there is good French food that is vegetarian, shouldn't you promote that? That might make people more thoughtful about ordering it in the future. Yeah,
2: that's a big if, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to think if I ever eaten anything in France that was good and vegetarian. Dessert Geez. There's lots of good fresh
1: produce You'd be fine You'd be fine
0: But yeah I think go with what you would ideally want And they can bloody deal with it Also get them plastered beforehand on French wine They won't care <laughs> Well uh, Martin's kicking me repeatedly in the ankles So I think it's time <laughs> to come to the end of this episode of Answer Me This
2: Yes I, I think that's probably a good signal uh, Remember that if you want to get your question on a future episode of Answer Me This I'm
0: Gonna have to send it otherwise we won't know about it
2: Yes but there are numerous channels by which you can send it They're all listed upon our website um, me, this podcast.com
0: Although we would recommend email or Skype or phone. Otherwise, we won't remember you've sent the question. If you text our phone line number, that is an absolute oh, no-no. Just, yeah. Don't.
2: Well, it reads like spam. Like immediately yes, we does. hate you before we've engaged with what you're trying to say. And yeah. you might be a very nice person.
0: It comes through like all of those... If you've been missold PPI insurance (laughs) Spam messages So just stick to the classic methods Email, phone and Skype
2: Nothing wrong with email Got us through the 2000s
0: But we certainly enjoy your interactions with us On Facebook and Twitter so uh, yes, do so join yes. us there
2: Follow us there as well And remember our other podcast side projects My new show, The Modern Man
0: Oh my god, The
2: Modern Man u uh, man, k. Uh, on this week's episode I meet a man who supported the Manic Street Preachers on tour When he was a teenager Of
0: course I'm thinking that Manic Street Preachers with two N's Because it's on your show <laughs>
2: uh, But then got dumped by his record label after oh. one album who He tells that? his story in this week's show Who's he? You'll have to tune in to find oh. out Helen. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I will And The Allusionist as well Yeah,
0: theallusionist.org Martin?
2: Uh,
1: songbysongpodcast.com
0: And you're currently steaming through Tom Waits' second album
2: The Heart of Saturday Night It's a very nice album And, yeah. and later got adapted, of course, into a hit TV show with Anton Deck. <laughs> 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 One of my favourites Little Leonard Cohen, my favourite character in that
0: uh, And finally, we must say thank you very much to Squarespace For oh, sponsoring yes. this episode of World nice?
2: Thanks, mate
0: And that is all, goodbye Bye,
1: Bye. Heaven and Lonely,